everyone. Thank you so much for joining SeniorLivingGuide.com podcast. I'm Darlene with SeniorLivingGuide.com. We are a national reach website serving seniors and their caregivers, providing them quick access to everything in senior housing and their resources in assisted living, home health care, independent living, and different resources seniors might be interested in. And today we have um, our guest in the podcast studio. We have Dr. Pam Trinetti and Janet Rooks. Dr. Chinetti is an osteopathic physician who specializes in geriatrics. Janet Rooks is a social worker and a dementia care specialist. They work together at the Parish Senior Consultation Center, where they focus on the care of patients with dementia. Dr. Chinetti is the Director of Aging Services at Parish, and Janet Rooks coordinates Parish Senior Solutions, which provides education, resources, and support for seniors and caregivers. And we're super excited to have them in the studio today, and we're going to talk about being prepared. Can you ever really be too prepared, right? Um, there are a lot of things we need to be prepared for as we get older. Of course, we expect the unexpected. Um, so, ladies, welcome. Thank you. We are Thank so you. excited to have you. Um, so, first order of business, what are we going to chat about today? Well, to be prepared, you know, you come in the office and you're filling out all kinds of forms about your history, and one of the most important things is who you're going to call on your HIPAA form, on any mm -hmm. emergency contact. Who do you need to be in contact with if we have an abnormal lab work, an abnormal uh, chest X-ray, or if there's an emergency and you end up in the emergency room? Yeah, and right. the key, and the key to that is the HIPAA form, mm -hmm. and that stands for your Health Information Portability Accountability Act, and it was established in 1994. Mm -hmm. Now I know that's a mouthful, right? Full, but every you're going to hear it quite a bit in health care mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. on that form every health entity is bound by that you name who you want to receive information we cannot talk to anybody that is not listed on that form it is crucial that you list who we can talk to on that form mm -hmm. right it, it's your and right to privacy mm -hmm. right right yeah and things have changed over the years i remember growing up they actually listed who was in the hospital in the newspaper and over the years before we had HIPAA, which it's just easy to remember, hey, mm -hmm. it's the privacy mm -hmm. laws, we would have uh, all family members, landlords, ministers, neighbors, people mm -hmm. calling up saying, tell me what's going on with Mrs. So-and-so. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And Janet in the hospital, it oh. must have been worse. Oh, yeah. We used to have a board that when you walked onto the floor, it was written who was in the hospital and what floor they were on and who their doctor was. Oh, my and, gracious. And it was, you know, that's all changed. Yeah. Trust oh, me, absolutely. that's all changed. Absolutely. But, you know, as a medical social worker, we are there to uh, protect their privacy. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. it, there's a lot of privacy that is in the health care. Mm -hmm. But it's very important to list who that we can talk to. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear it a whole lot when you do enter the health system. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's okay to have who that we can talk to in emergency, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily you limit it to your favorite child, mm -hmm. right? Or, or just one person. And with 
our population of dementia patients, they don't always want to list someone there. They no, they don't have any business doing my business. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, mm-hmm. so you can have multiple people on your HIPAA form. Yeah, we we actually recommend that okay. because suppose you have a husband and wife, mm-hmm. and the husband lists his wife, mm-hmm. and they both get in a car accident, right. and then the the kids are calling, and we say, well, we're sorry. Mm-hmm. You're now, of course, there are exceptions to rules when it comes to a, a true emergency mm-hmm. but uh, we can't talk to people who aren't on the HIPAA form generally speaking right right so, so. if you have a, hi- a HIPAA form at your doctor's office and then you have a HIPAA form at another office do you typically really just want to have one HIPAA form and the same information on the HIPAA form um, kind of how does that how does that work just out of curiosity because i know that yeah. when you visit different offices do they have you fill out different forms they or do. They okay do. they do it's it's all their own protocols mm-hmm. you might want to print something up because what we need mm-hmm. to know is what are the phone numbers and i can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times i've been looking at people's phone numbers because you you tend to fill those out really fast like, right mm-hmm. and it's like wait is this a four with an eight written over it is this an eight with a four written over it mm-hmm. i need to get in touch with this person's daughter because they're on their way to the emergency right room. or right. they push four on their cell phone they don't know the telephone number right mm-hmm. it's pro- you know, we all program those oh. numbers in our cell uh-huh. phone. I yeah. don't know my mother's cell phone number. Mm-hmm. And she's in Tennessee. I, it's on mm-hmm. my phone. Yeah. And, and the same thing with, you know, my sister. Mm-hmm. It's programmed in my phone. So I don't I don't need to know it. I should mm-hmm. know it, but I don't need to. It's, it's mm-hmm. number four and, mm-hmm. and yeah. five. So, you know, it's important to have those numbers available. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the little card that it's all faded out, and mm-hmm. they can't figure out the number. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And update it every year or so, mm-hmm. because sometimes we've, here it is, the, the husband puts his wife's name down and mm-hmm. she passes away. Right. And unless you update it for every year, then you won't know, well, who moved? Who changed their phone number? Right. Who, who's estranged from the family now? Yeah, that's all super important. So um, on the HIPAA form, super important to have a very clear phone number I will tell you my handwriting is atrocious and sometimes I write my own I can't even read my own handwriting <laughs> and I'm like going I don't even read that especially numbers because mm-hmm. they can definitely look different yes they can so it's really important um, to have something very transparent and reading it and then maybe just keeping that one HIPAA form so every time you go to the doctor you have everything's the same exactly okay good to know and mm-hmm. this form is updated annually Okay. So, you know, in the event okay. that, you know, it, it's in our office, it's updated annually. Mm-hmm. So when you visit the emergency room, one of the things that they ask, they ask you the same questions every time mm-hmm. when you're going to the emergency room. Um, and you go through, you know, you go to the desk and then mm-hmm. you go, you're asking the same questions over and over and over again. Why do they do that? I know that that's something that can be annoying mm-hmm. to really anyone, but is there a rhyme or reason for that? It's to get the correct information. Everybody has a need to know that information. The paramedic is going to ask you at home. Mm-hmm. The the triage nurse is going to ask you. The billing office may the intake in the billing may ask you. Mm-hmm. The business office, if you will, and the doctor is going to ask you certain information. Everybody has a need to know that information. Your allergies, mm-hmm. your medication, mm-hmm. this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You can print up a sheet yes. that has that information mm-hmm. on there. Uh, your insurance your demographics next of kin your physicians and that includes all your doctors not Mm -hmm. just your primary care Mm -hmm. uh your next of kin your insurance but keep it 
current. Mm-hmm. Also, list your medications, mm-hmm. any allergies you may have to the medications, and your insurance information. Keep it, you know, uh, available so that in the event 911's called and mm-hmm. EMS shows up, you can hand them a copy of that sheet. Mm-hmm. They can use it. And the same thing with going into the emergency room. They can have it as uh, available, too. They're mm-hmm. going to verify that information. Mm-hmm. But it's to make sure that your correct information is there available for the folks that are going to be taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get up on the floor, they're going to ask you the same mm-hmm. information. Right. But... You know, think about it. Would mm-hmm. you rather they ask you that information and you give them the correct information than that information mm-hmm. be passed along and something be left out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I guarantee in an emergency, you will not remember yeah. when you had a certain surgery mm-hmm. or what the doctor's name and phone number is. Mm-hmm. So it's best to have it printed up. That way it's consistent. Mm-hmm. And like allergies to medications. Are you allergic to anything? No. And then you remember, oh, wait, I'm allergic to such and such. Mm-hmm. Well, what side effect did you have from that medication? Right. Did it upset your stomach or mm-hmm. did it make you stop breathing? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's crucial for us to know. Right. Mm-hmm. Even even anything as simple as being allergic to um, tape. Tape. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people forget that they're allergic to that. Well, when you go in the hospital, they're definitely going to put some tape on you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that is an irritating allergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good and to know. And what you were saying, Dr. Pam, is like, you know, a rash, if it's a sensitivity, mm-hmm. they may have to use that medication to save your life. Mm-hmm. And there may be something they can use. So if right. you, yeah. They'll so deal with the rash. They'll deal mm-hmm. with the rash and they'll right. give you something. But it's very important to have it listed. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, I can't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... It's really a great idea for seniors, or really, honestly, anyone. It's mm-hmm. not even just a senior issue, but have everything maybe just in one piece of paper or a f- little file or something mm-hmm. that, um, especially ladies, they can actually kind of keep it in their handbags. Mm-hmm. Um, they can fold it up, keep it in their handbags. They have everything else in there. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that has their specifically you know, their medications and even their vitamins, because mm-hmm. we've talked about vitamins mm-hmm. and how important that um, that is to have listed because it is a form of medication mm-hmm. per se. I know mm-hmm. we've talked about, and you can maybe expand on that a little bit, um, but have that listed as well as their contact information, their, you know, people they want contacted and maybe even, maybe even just tape a copy of their, you know, clip a copy of their HIPAA on there as well. So they have all that in one spot. And that's something that they can share or show in each place that they go to when they uh, when they do go to the emergency room um, to answer all those questions. So they're all Mm -hmm. consistent and it may be less stressful on the patient as they're going through those different triage sections Mm -hmm. in the hospital. And one other thing, and, you know, we've talked about that is their advanced directives also Mm -hmm. have that Mm -hmm. available with that as well. So that if EMS comes and unfortunately, if if, you know, that Mm -hmm. does happen, then it's all there. They can put it down in one of those plastic sleeves Mm -hmm. and have it there available. There you so go. that everything is just right there and it's up to date. Okay. So tell me a little bit about uh, an advanced directive. So uh, advanced directives um, are a little bit, um, a, an advanced directive is something that uh, you would have to talk about with your child or your family member. Well, an advanced directive is a legal document. Mm-hmm. You can't sign it until you're 18. Okay. You have, you know, uh, someone under the age of 18 cannot enter, cannot sign an advanced directive. Mm-hmm. It is your decision, your directive, 
No one can sign a living will for you. You have to do okay. it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's what your wishes are in the event that you have um, a medical condition that you do not want to be mm -hmm. resuscitated or your decision regarding artificial feedings. Okay. And then you name a surrogate to carry out the provisions of that document. Okay. And you list that person in that on that document. It has to be witnessed by two adults. One of them cannot be the surrogate that you've listed. Okay. And it does not need to be notarized. Okay. And and you need to let the person know that you've named them. And mm -hmm. if you name an alternate, which is always a good idea, mm -hmm. let them know as well. Talk to your family. Let mm -hmm. them know what you've that you've decided to do this. Mm -hmm. Give them a copy of it. Give a copy to your doctor. Give a copy to the hospital medical records mm -hmm. department. Um, and then have it there. Mm -hmm. We'll go over some other documents it's important to have and have it all there together. Mm -hmm. Also, there's the health care surrogate. Mm -hmm. That's a document that you're asking someone else to make health care decisions for you in the event that you cannot make them for yourself. Mm -hmm. Now that would be when you say, for instance, you're in the hospital and you go in for a test and they give you some medication and it makes you a little bit confused, wackadoodle. A little, wack -a -doodle a little or, loopy. Yeah, a little yeah. loopy. I and love hearing all these medical terms. I know. Wackadoodle. <laughs> a little wackadoodle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, mm -hmm. I'm a social worker. So, you know, <laughs> but you can't make those decisions. Right. So your healthcare surrogate would step in and sign, give consent for that. Now, once mm -hmm. you clear up, the healthcare surrogate can no longer intervene in any of your healthcare decisions. Right. So that's the, and they're carrying out the provisions of what you would want done. They can't make decisions for themselves. It's mm -hmm. just for you. Right. And so it's, and it too cannot be the person that um, it has to be notarized. I mean, not notarized. It's witnessed and uh, with two people. Mm -hmm. So these sound to me like these would be really good conversations to have with the people that you are putting on these two documents. Yeah, the, the time to make these decisions is not when you're in the emergency department. Right. This is something you can talk to your doctor and say, hey, I've been thinking about a living will. Uh, healthcare surrogate, could you explain it to me? Mm -hmm. You know, they have them online. They, uh, they have them for, you know, different states mm -hmm. uh, have them available for you. And it's so crucial to say to someone you love, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to understand it. I want to tell you what my wishes are. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of that is a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's you don't want to say, hey, mm -hmm. mom or dad, um, how you doing? Just wondering if you had a living will. No. <laughs> uh, kind of a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. And right. that's why we kind of do it in a medical setting and say, mm -hmm. oh, by the way, many of our patients have mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think the the children don't want to talk about it either because they true. they are like mom and dad are going to live forever mm -hmm. and I don't want to talk about it because that means there's a possibility they're not going to live forever but I still think it's a you know clearly no one lives forever so mm -hmm. you have to have that conversation and just be realistic and really find out what your your loved one what your mom and dad or your your loved ones want so that you can fill those needs and desires especially i guess you know on the dnr what what mm -hmm. that looks like for them what their desires are so that um especially probably within a family so you know what they want so that it helps the family make the right decision and there's no issues within the family 
Um, mm-hmm. Should it come down to making that decision and they're everyone's on, kind of on the same page mm-hmm. so they know what mom and dad wanted. And, you know, I want to pull this apart a little bit and define mm-hmm. our terms because people get them confused. Mm-hmm. The living will, the health care surrogate, the power of attorney, and then the DNR, or in some states it's called POLST, which is Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment. Mm-hmm. The living will, I call it the if-then. Okay. If I'm incapacitated and... I'm terminally ill or I'm going to be in a persistent vegetative state if I'm in that state and two doctors agree mm-hmm. then the decision can be made to withhold or withdraw life support uh, not do surgery mm-hmm. not do other things the thing is is you could list a hundred things and I guarantee what will happen to you will be the hundred and first thing mm-hmm. so it's more general than specific but people will say I have a living will, therefore I won't get CPR. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily true. Right. It's if you have have a living will, you have to be in that state and have the two doctors mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's your living will. You sign it with your witnesses. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, wait a minute. Uh, that's all well and good. But if I'm under uh the influence of medications or if i'm very ill mm-hmm. i've been in an accident who makes those decisions that's your health care surrogate mm-hmm. and yes don't just list one person like mm-hmm. on the hipaa mm-hmm. list one person and then if they are unable mm-hmm. there's a backup mm-hmm. and if i could jump right in here yeah. never ever 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 name two people as a co because then both of those people have to agree Mm-hmm. Name an alternate, but never, a, you know, right. Dr. Pam and Janet as, a, as right. the same mm-hmm. person on that, I mean, mm-hmm. on that list. Because we'd have to agree. Right. Mm-hmm. And your children or whoever you name would have to agree to that. So you name an alternate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, that along with the fact that I feel like sometimes the first person may not be emotionally able to make the decision. Mm-hmm. And so that second person would be the one that may be like able to make that decision um, versus the first one because you, right. n- you never know how people are going to react mm-hmm. in situations like that so it just gives yeah. the opportunity for that or the the first person may have become ill or they're out of the country sure yeah all kinds of things all happen. kinds of things happen for mm-hmm. sure so it just it's like a little bit of a safety net a backup plan that's why you don't name your favorite child mm-hmm. or the person that you name the person that you feel like would be strong enough to make mm-hmm. those decisions and that you've had that heart-to-heart talk with. Right, mm-hmm. to, right. Because they're carrying out your provisions, not theirs. Right, your provisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's mm-hmm. that makes complete. But sense. it's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've stood by too many people over the years, and you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, what did your mom? Well, she's already filled out the living will. All you're mm-hmm. doing is saying, I want to do mm-hmm. what she said. Yeah, or right. What he said, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it's it's hard to let go, but yeah. you you also have to really consider what's mm-hmm. best for the Absolutely. person that you love. You know, what mm-hmm. what really would they have wanted, and um, but letting go is definitely mm-hmm. it's it's hard to do for when you love yeah. someone, but mm-hmm. it, it, it sometimes has to be done. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say and. and people will say well I just won't fill one out my kids will figure it out yeah what happens if you don't have anybody named right first it's your your spouse will mm-hmm. be asked then your children mm-hmm. and then it goes to uh, your oldest siblings right. and then your parents and you know then a, a significant friend mm-hmm. so 
especially if you're getting married again. Mm-hmm. Do you want your second husband that you've known for two years to make life and death decisions? Right. Or do you want a child mm-hmm. who's known you their whole life mm-hmm. to make that decision? If you're in a same-sex relationship mm-hmm. and you've been in it for years and you're not married, mm-hmm. you get gravely ill, that person is not the next person they would right. contact. It right. would be mm-hmm. family members mm-hmm. first. So you want to have everything in place as mm-hmm. to who's the best person to make your decision. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it can put family members at odds as well. Yes, when, it can. And you, oh, never, yeah. you never want that. And no. I've seen a lot of families where it can really destroy a family when they're at odds over something like that. And you don't want to do that to your family. You want mm-hmm. your family to come together um, and not let something like that tear your family apart. So I think that's really important um, as well. So mm-hmm. for sure. So when there is an emergency situation and you're unconscious or um, you've had a stroke or something and you're in the emergency room, what document is it specifically? Is it the healthcare surrogate document that is the most important document or is it all of them combined? Which, which would be the most important document to have um, absolutely completed if you had to pick one to know that you had to have completed for an emergency type of situation? I would say both of them. Yeah, if you had all, both all of them, them. Mm-hmm. you know, the, the two of them. And, okay. and then, you know, we have, and then to add to that is your medical power of attorney or your okay. durable power mm-hmm. of attorney. Okay. Which uh, talks about making health care decisions, you know, that would have the authority to make decisions as far as agencies, um, what's going to happen after you leave the hospital, mm-hmm. to sign contracts to for for medical care for medical care Mm -hmm. okay so all of these documents are really important to really kind of button up as soon as possible you don't want to wait on them and wait till you maybe do get ill Mm -hmm. or do need to be hospitalized or anything like that these are things that seniors really honestly anyone should really be looking into because you know none of us none of us are guaranteed tomorrow we we may you know have an accident anything could happen we want to make sure that um, people are looking out for our best care Um, so it's just something really important to kind of just look into you know how would you recommend is this something that you would like go online or talk to an attorney or what what would you recommend a step in order Mm -hmm. to attain these well the power of attorney is a legal document. It's done in an attorney's office, and mm-hmm. that one is notarized. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that would give someone else permission to jump in and, and make your medical decisions and uh, mm-hmm. financial decisions if they needed to find an assisted living facility or they needed to run your household while you were mm-hmm. incapacitated. Okay. Um, these must be portable. Yeah. Because as we've often said, we've met people who say, I have a a living will power of attorney. Uh, It's in my safety deposit box at the bank. And (laughs) we always say the the ambulance is not going to stop at the bank Mm -hmm. on their way to the hospital to pick up your power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and typically, a, the power of attorney is also held at the attorney's office, correct? So yeah, you don't necessarily need to store your power of attorney at, I mean, you can as a copy, but uh, but you don't really need to. Copies can be there. Yeah. But what happens if you get sick on Saturday and your yeah. lawyer's office is closed? Yeah. You know, no, you, you should definitely you have, have one have at home. Yeah. 
But as a backup, in case your house burns down, you got one there, too. I mean, knock yourself out with the copies. You need a copy of it, and your family needs a copy as well. Mm -hmm. So that if you are not able to even express your wishes or anything like that, Mm -hmm. whoever you have named as your power of attorney, they definitely need a copy. And, you know, and right now we're going through this Mm COVID-19 crisis. You know, it's not people that are elderly that Mm -hmm. are just getting sick yeah we have had younger individuals that are with life-threatening situations they're on ventilators yeah and they don't have advanced directives in place yeah they're next to kin or making decisions life-threatening life-determining decisions so anyone over the age of 18 should have these documents in place yeah Mm -hmm. a a living will does not mean do not treat Mm -hmm. it just means that in the event that these certain provisions take place there will be a conversation with the doctor and the healthcare surrogate, mm-hmm. you know, and it rarely does it ever get to where that it ends up in the courts. Right. It right. May, you know, yeah. it can, you but definitely want to avoid that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, yeah. It, we don't want it to get there. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with uh, Janet and Dr. Trinetti. Parish Healthcare, we believe every life is poetry in motion, motivated by strength and determination. As your bone, muscle, and joint healthcare partners, we believe in blending the art of healing with the science of medicine to keep your body in motion. We believe in healing patients, healing families, and healing communities. For a free orthopedic health assessment, visit parishhealthcare.com forward slash ortho aware. Parish Healthcare, where the art of healing comes to life. Hey mom, how's retirement home search coming? Oh my gosh, I'm just so stressed out. I don't even know where to begin. Well, why are you so stressed? What's the matter? I, I just, I don't know where to find anything. I just need everything in like one place and know what all the options are. Does the idea of searching for senior housing seem overwhelming? And you just aren't sure where to even begin? SeniorLivingGuide.com has great news for you. We offer a one-stop solution to take the stress out of your senior housing search. At SeniorLivingGuide.com, both our statewide Florida Edition book and website are created to make your senior housing search very easy for you to navigate. We provide details on communities, including retirement, assisted living, skilled nursing, memory care, and home health, allowing you to decide which best fits your needs and then connecting you directly with those communities. Visit us online at SeniorLivingGuide.com and start your search today and start de-stressing. At Parish Healthcare, we believe in our community. We believe in keeping our community safe. We believe in the art of healing. We believe in healing patients, healing families, healing communities. We believe in the best and brightest working together for the common good. At Parish Healthcare, our team focuses on you as an individual because every life is a work of art to us. Parish Healthcare, where the art of healing comes to life. Visit parishhealthcare.com slash healthaware for a free health risk assessment. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are still in the studio with Dr. Pam and Janet from Parish Healthcare. So we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these documents that um, 
we need um, to have completed when we're going to see physicians and for emergency um, purposes. Um, one of the things that I was curious about, so if you have dementia or early onset dementia, so how do you um, kind of work around some of those these documents? Because clearly you want to know some of the documents that you're signing and some of the decisions that you're making. Mm-hmm. Well, if someone comes in and we're making an early diagnosis of mild dementia, mm-hmm. part of our team is you need to see your lawyer, you need to see your financial advisor. Okay. And they can put things into place, mm-hmm. living wills and healthcare surrogates and name somebody powers of attorney. Mm-hmm. Eventually, as the dementia progresses, you reach a point where that person doesn't have the capacity to make those kind of difficult decisions. Right. So hopefully something is in place before that. Okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, we do see those individuals that they have some paranoia with mm-hmm. the dementia. Mm-hmm. And they do not want to give up that responsibility. No, I'm not going to have anybody paying my bills. No one's going to take power of attorney. I am not going to do anything. You are not going to do that. I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I can pay my own bills. And they will not, under any circumstance, sign anything. And it, it's unfortunate. The family will really struggle in times mm-hmm. like this. So when that happens and you do have a dementia patient that doesn't have any documents that's been completed, uh, what is the solution to that? Do you, is that something that you have any advice on? Well, it all depends. If it's make, if, if they're in the hospital, then there's provisions to the hospital um, for assumption of proxy. Okay. There's a form that they will sign and you know we'll notify the risk manager and at the hospital and that we have someone that uh, they would sign assumption of proxy. Okay. So they assume mm-hmm. that role of their being their proxy. Okay. Because they don't have those provisions in place. Okay. If if they need to have access to the bank account, then that's something they'd work with um, the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Pam will actually fill out a document. Mm-hmm. or a letter that states they do not have the ability to make decisions for themselves due mm-hmm. to a medical condition and that suffice most of the time. Okay. There's a lot that has to, it's a lot of responsibility for the family. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like herding sheep back in there after they ran out. Mm-hmm. So right. we really encourage to get it done ahead of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that usually typically in, include bringing in an attorney does it get more in the legal side of it when it's not done prior to? Not necessarily. Okay. Because uh, sometimes it's obvious that here's this person who's been taking care of their mom or dad for a number of years. They have acted on their behalf. Okay. They have their best interest in mind. And then they uh, can can jump in and take over things mm-hmm. because they have to. Right. But it's much, much easier for them if... If it's already already, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So when this occurs, does this declare a person incompetent? Is that what this kind of means? That's what a lot of people think. Okay, but only a judge can declare someone incompetent. Okay. What physicians do is we measure decisional capacity. So this person might have the capacity to say you know, what they want to wear and what Mm -hmm. they want to eat, but do they have the capacity to understand 
that we want to do open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. Could they sign a consent? Mm -hmm. And the answer is probably no. Mm -hmm. So we need someone else to assume that responsibility to do that. So what Janet was talking about is often we have to write a letter of decisional capacity saying this person has dementia and now it is up to their next of kin (coughs) or power of attorney to take over that role and that responsibility. Okay. Which, of course, you know, you're assuming that the power of attorney is going to act in that person's best interest. If they start taking advantage or Mm -hmm. mismanaging funds, then there's other recourses. Right. That makes complete sense. So that's um, that's really interesting. So tell me a little bit about um, when those decisions are being made, the um, declaring someone potentially incompetent. how does it affect you know any of these other documents so the documents mm-hmm. are not something you would go forward with that's something that becomes more of a legal issue or um well there's a couple different different questions in mm-hmm. that and sometimes if the person like janet said is is fighting and they don't want your help and mm-hmm. they're not taking care of themselves the family will go before a judge mm-hmm. it's a guardianship hearing now it's different in every state Mm -hmm. but it's always costly yeah because Mm -hmm. it always ends up in court you have to have expert witnesses you have to have a hearing and then the judge will say okay i am naming this person as the guardian which is essentially an elevated power of attorney they get to make all of the decisions for this person so you really really kind of want to avoid that because that mm-hmm. can be very costly yeah. yeah and there's different levels of guardianship mm-hmm. they can be guardian of the person mm-hmm. they can be guardian guard guardian of their finances mm-hmm. or they can be guardian of both right mm-hmm. and to help with that and there's agencies that do that they're mm-hmm. private guardians but you know so it's and they have to report back to the courts mm-hmm. annually right so mm-hmm. you know we do try to avoid that we'll go mm-hmm. through we'll look at everything and try because we're all about the patient right you know and i'm an advocate for the family and for the patient but Mm -hmm. the patients come first Mm -hmm. and we're Mm going to do everything we can and you know the attorneys are out there and to try to help as Mm -hmm. long as well so Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of talk it is and and you need somebody who knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. a dementia care specialist will Mm -hmm. help you they're senior specialists because what you kind of had buried in that question is families will come to us and say okay my mom needs bathed and dressed and fed Mm -hmm. can i fill out a living will for her Mm -hmm. no you can't Mm -hmm. can i sign can i sign as her power of attorney no you can't Mm -hmm. those are things that the person had to do right so it's harder for the family to get the things that they really want and desire for the simple health care things for their loved one Um, if they're going through more of the longer route to get those things done. It is, and you know, it's just harder because when you get to a critical situation, Mm -hmm. family members say, I don't want to make the decision to, Mm -hmm. they'll say, pull the plug, you know, withdraw, Mm -hmm. uh, withdraw all of this uh, machinery and ventilators and Mm -hmm. life support. Right. But if they said you know what i am doing this because my mom or dad said that's what they wanted or didn't Mm -hmm. want that's a whole different mindset Mm -hmm. sure absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely so there's something that's called five wishes so explain that a little bit to me do the five wishes it is a fabulous document and it it, it encompasses the living will the health care surrogate 
but it also gets into end of life. What okay. w- it gives me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps. God, God, God bumps <laughs> when I talk about it. Um, it talks about what you would like, your comfort. You know, okay. what type of music would you like played? Do you want okay. music played? Would you want lotion rubbed on your arms and your mm-hmm. hands? Is you know it um, at at the end of life. Mm-hmm. Um, would what? Who do you want to visit you? Mm-hmm. You know what things have you left unsaid? Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's your final word. You know you get in the last word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you know, and it's 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 used a lot with uh, hospice agencies. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's also uh, a document that you can actually say, well, yeah, I'd like. A funeral I'd like a memorial service I mm-hmm. would like a full you mm-hmm. know or I'd like a party mm-hmm. you know I want a party a celebration of my life with mm-hmm. rock and roll music yeah mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. Um, I, I, and it's and when you fill out the document it's something that a talking point you can talk to your family I got this document I want to sit here and talk about what I want done at the end of, you know okay mm-hmm. I, want, I want all of y'all I want my kids to get along Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you can write that on there. Uh, or, you know, Billy was not nice to me in school, so, you know, the heck with you. You yeah. know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And, yeah. you know, here I am, 90 years old, I'm dying, and you were mean to me. You broke up with me in high school, mm-hmm. and the heck with you. I never forgave you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just really interesting, but that document is there. You can. Where, mm-hmm. where do you find that document? Um, hospice has it. Okay. We have them in our office. Uh, okay. Doctors' offices have them, but it is um, it's it's uh, online. Hosp- yeah, and it, it's valid. I want to say forty four, forty four states of the sixty, okay, yeah, the fifty states. Sorry so about that. <laughs> you know, whatever. 40, state, forty states. I'm a little behind. So. And, and it does include a healthcare surrogate and a living will. Mm-hmm. That is super interesting. That is not something I have ever heard. So that really? is completely new information for me. I like new information. We, we brought one with us. We can show it to okay. all of our podcasts. Listeners. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just hold it up. So let me see if I can get this. I think that this, if I can. can yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Get it really good. But really good in the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll actually include a link at some point okay. where Lovely. we can find it. Um, yeah, it's multiple pages, so it's not just one sheet no. where you just fill mm-hmm. out a few little questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time. Yeah, it's, it's thoughtful. It's, so it's very thoughtful. Um, my wish for how I want people to treat me. My wish for how comfortable I want to be. I'm just going through a few of these. Mm-hmm. Um, my wish for what I want my loved ones to know. That that just makes me want to mm-hmm. cry in all honesty. And there's, um, I wish to be forgiven for the times I've hurt my family. You know, there's all kinds of ideas in here mm-hmm. and different um, thought-provoking uh, sentences and um, different things. I think this is absolutely uh wonderful to be able to fill this out i think that um a lot of people that are going through end of life especially people that have you know life-threatening diseases that know that their time is you know imminent or even years from now Mm -hmm. or what have you i think this is a really important document to fill out um and talk about with their family long before it comes to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think it will probably bring families closer together um, because I think, you know, people that are ill, it, it's stressful. It's so stressful on families mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't want to accept that your loved one is that ill, mm-hmm. um, whether they have dementia, cancer, 
you know, heart, anything. Yeah, lung disease, anything, oxygen, kidney anything. disease. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. hard on families. Um, it just is, it's just one of those things. And to have these kind of conversations, I think it can only bring a family closer together. Um, and then it just really can fill in some of those gaps at the mm-hmm. end. This is a good document that, as you mentioned with a family, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a non-threatening. So mm-hmm. you, you know, as a, I, my caregivers, I've given them to them mm-hmm. and um, we'll give them several copies yeah. so that they can sit down and say, hey, I got this document. Uh, you know, I'm filling out one. Mm-hmm. My husband's filling out one. Um, let's look over this mom. Let's look over this dad. Right. So it's not, well, you know, here you've got this such and such diagnosis. I want to have you fill this out. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a non-threatening. It's right. a, or and it's mm-hmm. something that you can't. It, it's better to do over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Let's have a uh, let's have a Danish and mm-hmm. uh, a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and. Let's let's read over this. I heard about this. I heard mm-hmm. about this five wishes document, mm-hmm. and even the states that it's not valid in, they will use they will recognize it mm-hmm. and um, honor. Yeah, honor yeah. some of the um, the wishes, the advanced directives. Yeah, a lot of times they have another state document mm-hmm. that has to be attached, yeah. but mm-hmm. this is a, a launching point. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. is. So one of the things that I kind of see with this, it's kind of so. It has to be witnessed. It can be witnessed, mm-hmm. notarized. Um, so it really is a document. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't it have is. to be notarized in Florida. Okay. Um, and then you can also cut out the fact that it has a, like a card inside of it and you can put it in your wallet so that people will know that you actually have this document mm-hmm. in case anyone goes through your wallet, which everyone does at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I kind of see in this, if you're not a... Um, uh, you know, if you don't write in journals, um, this is l- almost like a mini journal, mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, but it's, you know, specific bullet pointed, so you kind of get all your thoughts and wishes out. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of gives you a guide if you're not a journal, you know, if you're not a journaler. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? But um, that's what I really like about it. I think it's really great for families, and it's probably something that even after you pass, your family is going to keep this. It's going to mm-hmm. be kind of a keepsake. You're right per se so i think that this is really cool so mm-hmm. i just love the fact that this is something that um is actually available so yeah yeah mm-hmm. i'm so glad you guys brought this mm-hmm. i had no idea so um we'll definitely include this link and mm-hmm. i actually want to kind of explore that a little bit more at some point um so to kind of cap things off mm-hmm. Um, so who would typically, one of the things, you know, we talked a little bit about DNR. Um, so who would typically want a DNR? Would everyone, do you think typically most people should get a DNR or you think that's something that, um, is specifically Mm -hmm. to just a select few people? Well, let, let's start with a good definition. DNR stands for do not resuscitate. Now, mm-hmm. folks will come to the office and they'll say, oh, I have one. I did that at my lawyer's office when mm-hmm. I did my power of attorney no you didn't Mm -hmm. because it's always done in a medical office Mm -hmm. it is signed by the patient or their representative or both Mm -hmm. it's signed by a physician it has to be bright yellow canary yellow canary yellow yellow. okay in florida to be honored okay Mm -hmm. what it says is under no circumstances do i want cpr or a ventilator okay now we always say do not resuscitate does not mean do not care because Mm -hmm. people will say well 
what if I call 911? They'll just stand there. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. If you're sitting there choking on a piece of meat, Mm -hmm. they're going to do the Heimlich maneuver. If Mm -hmm. you have chest pain, they're going to give you oxygen. They're Mm going to give you nitroglycerin. They'll give you the Mm -hmm. aspirin. They'll Mm -hmm. take you to the hospital. But if the heart stops, do not bring that person back. Mm -hmm. If you have a living will, you can wave it in front of the EMS crew all day long. Your living will says, if... I'm in this condition, and if two mm-hmm. doctors agree, so they would have to do CPR until they got to the hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Most people will keep uh, who have a DNR; they have severe diseases, mm-hmm. and they say, "You know what? I don't want to be brought back if I pass away, so that I can suffer more." Right. Mm-hmm. And those are the folks. Most of our patients, 85 and up, will mm-hmm. say, "You know what?" I've had enough. I, I want this DNR. Mm-hmm. Or I've had a loved one go through this. I've watched mm-hmm. them on the ventilator. I don't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it gets signed. We make copies in canary yellow. Most people keep it at home on the side of the mm-hmm. fridge, on the side of the cupboard. You can mm-hmm. you know, put it face down, but that way uh, 911, if you call it, they'll come, they'll see that. Okay. And they'll know where the lines are drawn. Right. I appreciate you explaining that because I know some people do have the fear that they just won't try to save me, mm-hmm. but that's not the reality of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So, and clarifying that. So, well, on that note, um, I think that we are at our time, mm-hmm. um, but I do want to end on a positive note on the five wishes. Mm-hmm. So, um, this the webs is there like a link to this so actually i'm going to give one that's a local link it's hospiceofstfrancis.com um do they have the link on this on this website or do you have another link or maybe i'll just share that somewhere else um, i know sure? five wishes has its own five wishes yeah, has its so, own link okay so um, i just saw this on this document mm-hmm. so but um, you know we're all just passing through okay so yeah yeah so definitely look up that link mm-hmm. um so you can see this document it's really very interesting if you're still um interested in in looking that up and um until then check us out for our next podcast which will be coming up shortly Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, uh, Janet and Dr. Pam. Great to be here.